Come on, somebody. He's alive. And, and I want to know, know what moves him. Lord, I want to know what moves you, Lord. I want to know what I can do that will move your heart, Father. Anybody else besides me want to know that? Amen. Praise God. Let's see if I can get this tilted the right way for me. There you go. It is so good to see each and every one of you. I'm so proud of our kids that did such a good job. And I'm so excited that they're going to go out and have some fun now and hear about the gospel of Jesus being risen, risen from the dead. And then they're going to have a little Easter egg hunt and all that. If you have a kid, they can go out now and do that. It's going to be so much fun for them. Uh, I want to know what moves God. And I want to know why I wear a coat today. I try not to wear coats because I get hot and sweaty. And now I can't take this off because i got little sweat marks everywhere. So I'm going to just leave it on and just sweat up here and take a bath when I get home, okay? How about that's too much information, right, on Sunday morning? So good to have y'all. There's so many of y'all. I have missed you guys. Y'all have been incredible. We have some incognito, incognito people here today. We, we, have, we have Phil and Brittany right here. If you remember them from last year, they were the fire, he was a fire spinner and she was a princess. So you didn't recognize them, did you? Yeah, if you, have a par, if you need, want to have a party or some kind of thing like that, you can talk to them. They can definitely hook you up. They, they were amazing. And so uh, at our, that was at our Funnel Cake Festival. But anyway, so today we're celebrating uh, the resurrection of Christ. And it's such a wonderful day. And I'm so happy that all of y'all have chosen Kingdom Impact to come to, to be your choice today to worship with us. We don't take that lightly. We understand it's a big deal to, to, to make that decision of where you're going to go at and who you're going to trust to teach me and my family today about Jesus Christ. And I'm believing today that that is, is uh, going to be a, a, an advantage to you if you are here. Because those of you that are, are saved, you're going to get a refresher course. You know, whenever you're like, if you do insurance or whatever, every year you got to have continuing education to refresh what's, what you're learning, to, re to remind you. Well, today's going to be a refresher course for you. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you, maybe you've turned your back on God or you, you strayed from God. Today, it's going to be the greatest day of your life because you're going to have an opportunity to make a decision to change all that. And I'm excited for you today. Let me read. Um, let me go ahead and let's go ahead and let's go ahead and spoil it right here at the beginning. Let's read Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 6. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices that had been prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in. But they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified, and they bowed their faces to the ground. And then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember that what he told you back in Galilee. Amen. We can go home. You know he's risen, right? That was a short message, right? No, I'm playing. No, but, but he is risen. And I, I just love that. And it was that, it was that the ladies went and told all the disciples. Isn't that cool, too? You know, um, all of us men are like, like to be, be in charge. But it's a woman that went and told the disciples that he is risen. They went, and, they went and told them the very first time that he was risen. But I want to share some things with you because, because Jesus had a very long day. He had six trials that he went through. And after staying up all night long and having a lack of sleep, um, and, and, and everybody was, they were making fun of him. He was on there on the cross and he was making fun of him. And they, were, they put a robe on him to mock him as a king. They put a crown of thorns on his head with them little, I've seen them over in Israel. Them, them, them thorns are about that big, they're like two to three inches tall. And they're super sharp as razors. And they would just go right in, into your skull, past your skull, almost right into to your, your cranium skull, their part. 
And, 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 and it was sitting there, and so blood was coming down and all that. And they, they stuck it to his head. They blindfolded him, and they slapped him, and they beat him. And said, hey, God, if you're God, why don't you tell us who slapped you? You know everything. You're God. You're Jehovah. Why don't you, you're the king of kings. Who slapped you? Who punched you? They plucked his beard. They did all this horrible stuff to him. Who was it? Who slapped you? And Jesus could have, if he wanted to, told them their, their name rank. Well, they don't have serial numbers there. I was about to say name rank and serial number. But, you know, he could have told them who they were. He could have told them their, their family. He could have told them their whole family tree. He could have told them in the future that who, the, who they were going to be. He could have told them what was going to happen even tomorrow morning. But he chose to be quiet and be silenced because he was taking the suffering of the world on himself. And he knew he had to do this. And it wasn't time for him to grandstand and try to prove to who he was. He, that he already was going to show who he was. Rather than lip service, he's going to like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and go through this, and you're going to see who I am. I ain't got to tell you because you're going to know for yourself. And so, but it, that, that's the cross part. But if you, if you want us back up just a little bit, on, they, had, they had a scourging that they did with him. Now, that a scourging is way worse than a whipping. You know, you know when, you get, when you're a little kid, a lot of us got, like, we got little whippings, you know, or spankings, whatever. You know, and we thought that was bad. He had a little belt, a little leather, a little leather to your backside, right? Um, and, and, and we felt that was bad. But, but the thing is, is that this was a scourging. This was so much worse. They had, they had him on a little little post, and they would have him where you, you, he was kind of bending over in his back with, so he couldn't kneel down, but he couldn't stand up. And you know when you're standing like this for a long period of time, there, you, there's a lot of pressure on your back. And they would take this cat of nine tails, and they'd have this long, they would have long leather straps on them. And on those long leather straps, they would have um, little pieces of sheep bone that were real sharp. And they would have little pieces of lead balls on it. And there was nine, there was, each whip had nine, nine little, little leather straps on it. So when they would take that whip and they would hit his back, those sharp sheep bones would grab his skin and rip it away. And those little balls of lead would bruise his, his inside of his um, uh, muscles and stuff. And so, well, 30, and they, they, they would only give, they would only give 39. They say 40 minus 1 because if, on that 40th, they found out medically that on that 40th strike, in most cases, the person would die. And they, so there was one strike from death, typically is what they, what they believed. And so if you take 39 stripes times the nine little pieces that hit every single time, there was about 351 um, stripes that he took on his back for you. He took them stripes on his back for you, for your healing. The Word of God says, by his stripes, you are healed. If you're sick today, he took stripes on his back so you could be healed. He took them for you. And it was a very, very excruciating very time. It was 351 scars or stripes or rips on his back. And it, and, and it, it just ripped all his skin back to where his, his insides were showing. And then he had this big old heavy cross that he had to take uh, up the hill after that. And the cross was about uh, anywhere from 200 to 300 pounds, they say. You know, and a lot of people say, well, he didn't take the whole cross. He just took the little, the little, little cross part, the, the, you know, the, the, the line there. Well, that itself, by itself, was anywhere from 75 to 125 pounds. So after taking one strike, one, one less whip from death, then putting him, that cross on his back and trying to get it is almost impossible. You know, because if, it, if they didn't scourge him first, a strong man could last on the, on the cross for, for three days. And they wanted to go ahead and get it over with. They wanted him to die and die now and die quick. So they scourged him, put, put him on there, and he walked on that and he could not take the cross. It was so, so much because he was so much pain, excruciating pain, that he fell to the ground. And a wonderful black man named Siren Serene had the privilege and the honor to take the cross up to Calvary's Hill for, for Jesus. 
And I was sitting there thinking about that this week, and I was like, you know, I want to do something for Jesus. I want to do something for him. For, so for us, what we can do according to the Word of God is obey him, live for him, serve him, honor him, right? But I want to do something for him. And we can't do that right now because we're here and he's there. But on that day, Simon Serene got, uh, Serene got, was able to grab the cross and take that cross for Jesus and literally do something for him and take that cross up to Calvary. And that just really blew my mind when, when, when I started thinking about that. The death on the cross, you know, w w was suffocation. That's how they literally died on the cross was suffocation. Because the muscles around the, ch the chest cavity, the pectoralis, uh, major muscles, these big old things here that, that, that men have, they call, they call them pecs, right? Um, and so, so what would happen is you, you would, they would put your hands above your, your heart and you would kind of go down uh, and you, you couldn't hardly breathe. So you had to push yourself up to get some breath and then you would go back down. And so it was an up and down situation. And they would, what they would do was they would, they would bend your knees up a little higher like this right here and put nails in them so you would have, when you pushed, you would have to push with a nail in your foot. And it would, it would really, really be excruciating pain. So it was up and down and up and down. And eventually you, you would go down and you, you could not breathe. And you were on pins and needles, it felt like, in your whole body. And you had to hold that position as long as you can. And it was so torturous. And they would, so they would eventually break the legs of the people that were on the cross because once they broke the legs they couldn't push themselves back up again right and so they couldn't push themselves back up so therefore they would just stay down and they would suffocate so why did he have to go through all that he went through all that for you he went through all that for me he did it because of you he could have called 10,000 angels he could have he could have done whatever he wanted to he could have made it but he did not want to use his God's ability he wanted to stay a human and just trust God and just do what God's called him to do and then they took the spear and they shove it into into his his rib cage and it says water and blood came out now there's been a lot of scientific results on that and there's a lot of books being read and they said doctors say that for blood and water to come out of your heart at the same time that what you have, your heart has had to have ripped. So, you may say suffocation. I say he died from a broken heart. That he loved you so much that he had to rip his heart that he had to do that for you. That it just ripped, his heart exploded and, and, and water and blood came out for you. He loved you so much that he went to the cross and spread his arms out on the cross and said, I love you this much. And then he died had a ripped heart his heart was ripped his heart was torn his heart was was broken his heart was exploded for you and for me that he loved us that much and we can't even we can't even serve him and he, he don't even ask us to be perfect he just says serve me you're going to fail there's going to be trials i'm going to be here for you just come back to me and ask for forgetting you're, you'll always be fine you don't have to worry about nothing you don't have to be, even be perfect you're going to mess up i got you and that's still too hard for us. We can't commit to them. We can't come to church. We can't, we can't do this. We can't go to small group. We, yeah, I'm just busy, 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 busy. And all this kind of stuff. Today's message is, is you know, because of we're going to have a song here at the very end. And we had a little presentation. So today's message is probably total, the total time from when we normally have is about an hour, five, ten minutes. It may, be a little, it may be about 15 minutes extra today. So that's an hour, 15, 20 minutes. But he was on the cross that we're going to give to him each week. But he sat for six hours on a cross for us and died and walked up to Calvary's hill and went through the most excruciating pain, the most torturous death that anybody can ever go through. 
for you and for me. And he loves you so incredibly much. In Galatians, it says, in Galatians, that you reap what you sow, right? Well, it actually says what you sow, you reap. But we flip it around all the time. But if you break man's laws, you speed and the officer catches you, you're going to get a ticket. You break the law, you get a ticket. For man, for, but for God, if you break laws, God's law, then there's a penalty for that too. The Word of God says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin. So let's stop before we go any further. The wages. You get paid wages every week when you go to work, right? So you, you work and you get paid. It's the payment for your work. So the wages is the payment for your work. So the payment or the wages of sin, the payment for your sin is death. So when you sin, you're supposed to die. But I love how he immediately put a comma and said, but you sin, you should die. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. You don't have to die. You should die because you're sinning, but I took all the sin on my life for you. I took the world's sin on my back. I paid the penalty. You don't have to pay the penalty. The, the wages are paid for. It's already been paid. It's already, it's already paid up. All you got to do is just come just as you are. I said it on, on I said it yesterday on, on uh, matter of fact, on TikTok, I said it on yesterday. And man, praise God, I know a lot of people pick at me about that, but I've had 27 people get saved on TikTok, and one got saved last night. Amen. Amen. But, I, but I, I, I said on there that, that, that a lot of people feel like that they got to, well, I got to, Pastor Doug, I got to stop a lot of stuff before I get saved. There's some things I got to change. I got to stop sinning. I got to stop living this way. I got to stop, I got, to, I got an addiction. No, 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 listen, here's what the deal. If you, if you went and went and rolled in a mud puddle, okay, and you got up out of the mud puddle when you went into the house, you're not going to stop by the sink and wash your armpits, wash your face, and wash your, your kneecaps, and then get in the shower. You're just going to get in the shower. Then you get clean. Same way with God. Come just as you are. I don't care how filthy. I don't care how dirty. I don't care how much sin you have. I don't care what you've done, where you've been at, your lifestyle. I don't care nothing about that. You just come. And then God transforms you. And God helps you. Sometimes it's instantaneously. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time. The problem is we've lost a lot of, a lot of new salvations because in, in the past, back in the day when I was a young kid, when someone got saved one day, the next day the whole church is expected to live like a saint. But we got to give, people, we gotta give t- people time for God to transform them. Just, just because you get saved today does not mean tomorrow that you're just going to be all holy and hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. You're reading 14 scriptures and praying three hours. Right? Let's be real. We, you know, so, so, so we got we to understand that when someone gets saved, that's what discipleship's all about. That we bring people alongside and we help them. We help them learn. We help them grow. We, help, we teach them. We love them. We care for them. And we love them. And we pull them alongside and say, hey, it's okay. They fall. We pick them up. They fall. We pick them up. Hey, it's okay. Come on. You got this. You got this. Amen. Jesus said, you deserve the punishment, but I'm going to take it for you. He said, I love you so much that I created you. That I came down to earth to take the punishment for you. I didn't create hell for you. I created hell for Satan and all his angels. It was never designed for us to go to hell until Adam and Eve stepped up and decided to do their own thing. If Adam and Eve never sinned, we wouldn't have this issue, issue but they did. And so there's a, there's a virus in the system because of that, and it's called sin, and, it, and it's destroying us. And we've got to accept Jesus Christ and accept his blood on the cross as our Savior to change that. 
You may not remember Timothy McCartney. He's, he's the guy that stepped and jumped in front of Hinckley to, to save President Reagan. And everybody calls him a, 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 a hero. It doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat because it don't matter who, who the president is at the time. Anybody of the, of the guards that steps in front of any president, both sides, that, get, that takes a bullet for that president is a hero. They took a bullet for him. And nobody questions, no matter who you are, nobody questions that he's a hero. But Jesus Christ took a bullet for you. More than a bullet. I promise you, scourging in the crucifixion hurts way worse than unloading a whole entire whole, a clip on somebody. It's not even close to the pain he's going through. That guy, that guy healed. He did, you know, that guy healed a little bit after that situation. But the thing is, Jesus is a hero. Jesus died for you, and he took the pain. He took the hit, so you didn't have to hit it. And not very many people want to call him a hero. On social media all the time, I get stuff like, hell, Satan, prove it, this and that and the other, all this kind of stuff, because they want to challenge me because they know who I am. And I'm like, how can you not see this? I think it's a little later, but I want to say it right now. You know, atheists all the time, haters and trollers, all they want to do is say, prove it, prove it. But the whole time, what they're really saying is, help me really understand because I don't get it and I want, I want you to prove it because I want, it, I want to accept that. Most all of the atheists that you talk to that have done any research themselves are saved today. Because once they start doing research, they realize, wow, this is true. Wow, this is real. Most people will tell you they're atheists, and I'm an atheist, and they say that just because they want you to leave them alone. And 9 out of 10 Christians are scared of atheists, so when they say, I'm an atheist, oh, okay. But if someone says, hey, I need Jesus, oh, Christians are all about that. But we're, it seems like we're terrified and scared of it. Why? They need Jesus. And a lot of times it's just, it's just that facade that they put up. There'll be never, nothing ever done in history any more for you than Christ did. Christ cannot love you any more right now than he ever will. Right now, maybe I said that wrong, he can't love you any more ever than he does right now. He loves you today, infinity. He can't love you more. He's at the end because the end keeps going and he's already at the end that keeps going. So he loves you. He's already done that for you. Romans 5 and 8 says... But God demonstrates his own love that, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, you can look at creation and you see God's handiwork. But when you look at the cross, you can see God's heart. At the cross, it shows his heart. But so many times, we look, we, we, look, we look at Jesus and we get so chaotic and start talking about all this other stuff in the Bible, but we lose sight of the cross. Just like Craig said, excuse me, just like Craig said, that cross, that type, there's one end of the cross, over the, the crossbow on there. That it, one side connects to his birth, and the other side connects to his death. And we get so tied up, we don't even see the cross in the middle of the chaos. Many of you, many of you have the very first time that you've ever seen this behind me. Many of you may not have learned that there's a cross right here in the very center that's very subtle. Because you looked at all the chaos, and you didn't even see the cross in the center. But it's been there the whole time. And I want you to know, in the middle of your chaos, Jesus and the cross is still there for you. It's still there. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't deserve to die. He didn't deserve the penalty of death. What was he guilty of? He was guilty. What was he guilty of? Love in the first degree. That he loved you that much. 
See, in the Middle, in the middle Eastern times, they, wouldn't, they, don't, they don't do like we did today. They didn't have caskets. They had, they, what they would do was take the side of a mountain or, or a big old huge side of a mountainside, and they would hume and, and pull out and, and, and make a, like a mausoleum in the side of that mountain, in the side of that area right there. And that's where they would bury people at, and they would put them in there. And then they would have a big, dig a big old deep hole, and they would put the, 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 the stone in there. The stone is not like a big round, like a meatball. It's not kind of that kind of stone. It's kind of look, it looks kind of more like a wheel. And they would roll that wheel into that big deep thing so it just couldn't be pulled up. You know, and what was so funny was they, he was dead for three days, he died for three days, but, you know, Jesus had always said, I'm going to raise him on the third day. And so he, he was in there and he was dead. But then they said, hey, why don't we just go ahead and put some guards outside and put a, a, uh, a seal on the, on the rock so we can know if it's been tampered with. Okay, what's so funny about that is Jesus Christ, until this very day, is the only person that has ever died that they put guards outside to make sure he didn't come out. <laughs> you know? So, so, but he did, and he, 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 the thing is, is, is that he came out. And, and a lot of people say, well, the soldiers came, I mean, the, the, the disciples came, listen. The disciples were fishermen and brawlers, I understand that. But these Roman soldiers, if, if that body had gotten stolen, they would die. These Roman soldiers were like the Navy SEALs. They were like the Navy SEALs. And so a bunch of fishermen that are brawlers and fighters, yeah, but they're trying, brawlers against the Navy SEALs, it just ain't going to happen. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. The resurrection is the essence of Christianity. I'm not a Christian today because Jesus um, turned water into wine. I'm not a Christian today because he healed the blind and the sick and the lame. I'm not a Christian today because he went to the cross and died a cruel cross, um, a crucifixion. I'm not a Christian for any of that. I'm a Christian today because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Because there's a lot of good people that died uh, that did a lot of good things. There's a lot of good people that were very moral and did a lot of good stuff for a lot of people. There's a lot of, a lot of people who, who really worked hard and, and died a, a cruel death on a cross and they were innocent. But only one rose from the dead. Without him raising from the dead, we could go home today and say we should have stayed home and go went and had an Easter egg hunt at the house. The crucifixion is great and, and, and it reminds us of that. It shows what he did for us. But without the resurrection, it, none of it even matters. We have, we have to, we've, we've had some good, good people that have, have been, done that, but only one has come back to life. Easter is not just a memorial. Easter is just not like a birthday party where we, where we just come and blow little balloons. Easter is the pinnacle. Easter split time and a half from A.D. to B.C. Easter is the resurrection celebration. It's huge. It's big. It's the biggest day of the year to me that we celebrate. We celebrate his birth, yes, but his resurrection is even bigger. And thousands of people today, millions, billions of people today are in, in, in church today and online watching, celebrating, saying that Christ is king, Romans 1 and 4. And he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He was shown to be the son of God, by, not by his death. He was not, not by him being doing miracles not because he spit in somebody's eye and they got healed he was known to be the son of God because of his death by the power of the Holy Spirit that resurrected him he is Jesus Christ our Lord so I want to ask you something today I have uh, 
I might have done this three or four years ago, and I, but I saw this, and I, it's just so powerful, and I just felt led by God to do this again today. As I close here in my last moments, I want to go back to the Bible. This just, 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 just hammers at home. I want to go back to the Bible and talk to a couple people that have, that have, and ask them what they say that was actually there. So first off, I want to ask Peter. Peter, you watched Jesus you fished with him. You saw the miracles. You saw the stuff. You betrayed him even. But Peter, what do you say about God? Is he your king or not? What does Peter say? Matthew 16, 16. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. Well, let's ask Martha. Martha, you watched Jesus raise your brother Lazarus from the, dead, from the grave. He was in the tomb. You, you watched Lazarus come out of the grave after three days when he already stinketh. And you, Ray, you saw it. What do you say? John eleven twenty seven. 27. Yes, Lord, she said to him. I have always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Thomas. Old Doubting Thomas. You said you weren't going to believe until you saw the nail prints in his hand. And, and let me go back. I, I think I skipped this part. They're not, they're, they're not in his hand right here. Because it would have split right through his fingers. What they did was they put a nail right here in between them two bones. And there's lots of nerves there. And so that when they hit them nerves in there, it just shoots up your arm to the most excruciating pain. Everything was designed to create the most amount of pain possible. So it was right there. So it, they, he hung on that cross. And that's what he pulled himself up with. Because if not, it would slip through his fingers. But Dalton Thomas, you were there. And you said, I'm not going to believe it until I see the nail prints in your hands. And I see this, your side that was, that was, that was stabbed. And I put my finger in it. So what do you got to say? Because Jesus showed you, didn't he? Well, John 28, 20 and 28 says, yes, Lord. She said to him, amen. I think I got the wrong one there. Hold on, let me go back. I have always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who come from the name of, the, of, of God. Judas, you betrayed Jesus. You betrayed Jesus, Judas. Who are you? You sold them for 30 pieces of silver. And then you, got, you felt guilty about what you did. And so you tried to turn, go to the Sanhedrin and give the money back, and they wouldn't take it. And so then you went and killed yourself and committed suicide. What do you say? I have sinned, he declared, for I have betrayed an innocent man. What do we care, they retorted to Sanhedrin. That's your problem. Then Judas threw the silver coins down in the temple and went out and hung himself. And he said, I have sinned. I betrayed an innocent man. How about Pilate? Pilate, you're obviously not a Christian. You tried him twice. Who do you say he is? In Luke 23, 14 and 15, you brought this man to me, accusing him of leading a revolt. I have examined him thoroughly at this point in your presence and find him innocent. Herod came back with the same conclusion and sent him back to me. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty. The thief on the cross. You know, he wasn't a Christian. He just saw him there that day probably for the first time or maybe even heard about him possibly sometime before that. He was dying on the cross. He had already committed all his sins. He, he didn't have a chance to ask for forgiveness. But at the very last moment, he said, Lord, remember me. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. And what did he say? Luke 23, 40. But the other criminal protested, don't you even fear God when you're dying? We don't deserve, we deserve to die for our evil deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong and finally I want to ask the soldiers who were at the cross the ones that pricked his beard 
They put a crown of thorns on his head. They beat him half to death. They put him on a cross and put the nails in his hands and on, in his feet and stabbed his side. What is, I want to know what you got to say about it. What do you got to say? The Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. And they said, this man truly was the son of God. So I want to ask you today, what do you say? What is your verdict? Who is he to you? Because today, you have to make a decision. Am I going to accept him as my Lord and Savior and King? Or am I going to deny him and say, I don't know who he is. Was he crazy? Was he a liar? Or is he my Lord? Who is he to you today? Who is he to you today? Just play something for me. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Is there anybody in here today that say, Pastor Doug, I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I'm not a Christian, but I want to get saved. I want to do this thing. I, I want, I want he, he died for me, and I want to accept this. I want to receive him in my life. I want to be a Christian. I want to be saved and try this. I know I'm not going to be perfect, but I want, to, I want to do my best to do this, and I haven't done it before. Or I've backslidden on God, and I want to do it again. If that's you today, and you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, will you just slip your hand up and say, hey, I want to receive Christ. I want to receive Christ. I want Christ to come in my heart. I want Christ to come in my heart, even on the, above, on the, on the, on the live, if you want to raise your hand on there or, or message us. Anybody? Amen. I want to receive Christ. I want to come back to God. Anybody? Amen, amen. Amen, amen. I see your hands. I see your hands. Anybody else? Anybody else? Well, let's pray. Let's pray together. Just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. I ask you to cleanse me and purify me and make me whole. I know I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to do my best to serve you. And I, re I, re I rebuke the enemy, and I turn from my, my other ways, and I turn towards you. To receive you as my Lord I'm a Christian I'm saved I believe you died on the cross for my sins and I thank you for being in my heart today in Jesus name Amen praise God for salvation Amen. well here's what I want to do